welcome to Undecided Podcast, the politics podcast without the bullshit. My name is Tara Mahoney and I'm your host. Your regular co-host Kate Reeve has taken this semester off uh, of the podcast to focus on school. So in order to fill the very big shoes, actually her feet are quite small, so the very small shoes uh, <laughs> that Kate uh, has left for us to fill. Uh, this season, I have uh, recruited a cast of guest co-hosts to help me uh, go through the four main party platforms. So this season, each episode will be a party platform with the final episode being a round table between me and uh, a few other young people. Um, giving our takes, our very hot takes, and trying to uh, figure out who to vote for in this 2019 federal election. We often make mistakes when we record these podcasts. Uh, the nature of the format, getting a little drunk and then talking about politics, uh, can uh, lead to us leaving some things out. And then also, when I recorded this episode with my friends Elliot and Tom from the Do You Queer What I Queer podcast, the conservative platform had just been released and we hadn't had time to go over the fully, their fully costed platform. Platform. All we had to work with was um, mostly the kind of amalgamation of promises they'd made so far. So I just wanted to, before I run the episode, to go over a few things that I thought we were missing that were important. One of their biggest priorities um, in their platform is balancing the budget. And though the platform talks about how Shear's going to help you get ahead, the priority is to reduce government spending to basically get them on a even playing field like think about it like your credit card bill so he basically wants to reduce like all uh, eliminate all government debt and this sounds like good this sounds like good fiscal policy and um, you know maybe if we were living in a different kind of arrain- uh if we were living in a different time this would be the case um but the often the the reasoning for balancing the budget is something along the lines of <clears throat> you know a government should be run like a business and i really want to just dig into this for a second because a government is not there to profit like a business uh, is. So the government provides services that are not profitable at all. And I think we would agree that just because these things are not profitable doesn't mean that they shouldn't exist. So I'm talking about public schools, parks, libraries, police and fire departments, uh, things like that, that are publicly funded, that are publicly available uh, via the government, that don't make any money but provide something that is more important than profit. Um, The government doesn't need to make a profit at the end of the year. Um, the government exists to serve you, Canadians. Also, it's not on any at the top of anyone's priority list, like the, the government balancing its own budget if they can't pay for groceries or their rent. So the rest of the kind of things that we kind of we we missed in the in recording the ep- in the episode uh, on Friday were these like large spending cuts. Um, that I just want to get into. So the conservatives say they will reduce infrastructure spending by $18 billion over five years, which is a huge amount of money. 
and uh, to not invest in infrastructure. Um, something that the parliamentary budget officer um, has been like very clear uh, about being something that you can't really not invest in as a country like Canada grows or our population grows infrastructure becomes more and more important infrastructure is like everything from like roads and bridges um, to like hospitals and public transit like it's everything so infrastructure I feel like is something that we really can't comp- compromise on um, and yet it is a huge part of how the conservatives plan to balance their budget um, the conservatives say they will impose a 3% tax on a, a large on revenues of large technology firms that provide social media platform, search engine or market uh, or an online marketplace. This uh, big tech tax would apply on companies with worldwide revenues of more than 1 billion and Canadian revenues of 50 million. The conservatives say this would raise $410 million in the first year. They would also analyze the tax gap, reallocating $750 million to the CRA to crack down on tax evaders, something the Parliamentary Budget Office estimates could pull off three could pull in $3.37 billion by 2024-2025. So these are ways that like they would make revenue, um, which is um which is a good thing. Like we definitely want to close the tax gap. We definitely want to, uh, like those people that have like so much money that they can evade taxes. We want like them to pay more. But what it doesn't, what these two things about increasing, um, increasing taxes on large companies and uh, and on tax evaders, what it doesn't do is. Um, raise taxes on the wealthiest one percent of Canadians who. Uh, own like more wealth than the bottom 50 percent of us the problem here becomes that there isn't a large enough wealth transfer the conservatives are trying to cater to the wealthiest canadians by saying oh like we won't increase your taxes but the problem is is that these people should be paying more because most of us make under fifty thousand dollars a year uh, they also said they would tighten public service operating costs to the tune of $823 million uh, in the first year, but uh, but by a billion dollars in the following years. And they would do this uh, by um, maintaining staffing levels in the public service, uh, but by making cuts to consultants, travel and hospitality, and on conferences that public servants attend. Maintaining staffing levels sounds not nefarious at all, but as the as the country grows, as our population grows, we actually do need to hire more public servants to do more public service. So this seems like not as uh, nefarious as, um, you know, some of these other things, but it, it could be very impactful. This is a big one. The NDP, Liberals and Greens have committed to a national pharmacare plan um, because uh pharmaceutical drugs are like a huge cost for Canadians and a lot of them are not covered. Uh, apparently this would cost 15 billion dollars a year, this uh, pharmacare plan that the other three parties are proposing, but the conservatives say they will not implement uh, a pharmacare plan because 95% he says of Canadians are already eligible for prescription drug coverage through their employers or existing provincial plans. And the problem with this is that um, young people, the largest voting bloc in our country, um, most of us don't have 
um, coverage, uh, drug coverage, um, because most of us are precariously employed. We freelance, we do something like the combination of like freelancing and like working at Starbucks. Um, because our job prospects aren't like that great, uh, we are, we are actually, a lot of us are not covered. Um, so, so this could be a really big problem. Um, and then the last thing that I thought was kind of interesting is, um, the conservatives say, uh, they will table legislation requiring the federal government to maintain a balanced budget in every year uh, once the current deficit is eliminated. And they will uh, tie the salaries of the prime minister and ministers to the implementation of a balanced budget. And to me, this seems like actually super dangerous The uh, because of what I was saying before about how the public purse doesn't need to be run like a business purse. Um, this is like, it puts balancing the budget ahead of like people like allowing people to get access to social programs so i am like really concerned about this like legislation about the the budget needing to be balanced um they also say that they will require a pay-as-you-go rule for new spending meaning that each proposal each spending proposal will needs to be uh, will need to have equal savings to offset it. So, um, again, like this could be <laughs> this could be really this could really change the way Canada runs. Um, it, it it could mean throwing things as fundamental as healthcare in the balance. So, uh, without further ado, uh, the rest of the platform uh, will be explored uh, by me, Elliot, and Tom. Um, I hope you enjoy it. And if you have any questions, please uh, find us on social media. And we'd uh, and we'd be happy to answer uh, anything that you are looking for. It was a little bit shocking for some to learn that I had when I was younger uh, consumed marijuana. Hi. 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 Welcome. We three kings from. Oh my gosh! I love the Christmas theme of this podcast. It's like it's like. Doo, 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 doo. Oh my god! When it gets to be Christmas, it's gonna be lit, guys. I should have said Literally. we three queens. That was we rude. Yeah, how dare you? That was the patriarchy just spilling out of my mouth immediately. Uh, I'm glad you recognize that. Usually, it spills into my mouth. Tara, hi. Hi. Tara. Hi. Welcome. Welcome. Um, welcome, listeners, undecided listeners, and Dickwick listeners to. Uh, the undecided Dickwick crossover crossover event that you've all been waiting for. We think. <laughs> waiting what two years now? Two years. Yeah, you've been Here waiting. we are back again. We're back finally. There's another election looming. We're scared as fuck yeah. as usual. Yeah. Uh, so welcome Dickwick to the crossover undecided. Yes, and welcome undecided episode. to the crossover with Dickwick. Yay! We almost pulled that off. Well, kind of. That's very our flavor, though. Do you queer? What? I queer. Yes. Vic. Oh my god. Oh my god. That was so special for me, guys. And that's Elliot. That's and, Tom. And that's that's Tom. <laughs> that didn't make sense. And okay, we're we undecided dickwork, which makes sense. Yeah. We are. Um. And also, we so everyone should know. Uh, this episode is part of a five-part series um, mm-hmm. for undecided. Yeah. So uh, we are last season. Um, tiers uh we are doing just five episodes four of them will be the party platforms uh, one of each of the major party platforms chose not to do the people's party platform because good choice <laughs> yeah fuck you yeah yeah um <laughs> for all of our listeners that is the 
alt right. The alt right uh, party. And do you know what? Because I work up in Rexdale in North Etobicoke, oh, and wow. People's Party is everywhere up there because their candidate for that writing is Renata Ford. <gasps> oh, terrifying! If I'm correct, wife, widow of Rob Ford. I think that is yes. correct. That is yeah. really upsetting. That is terrifying. But every, like people are sort of like supporting her to be dicks because they're like split that right vote. Mm, so like that's yikes. terrifying. Hashtag yikes on bikes. Yeah, don't yikes. Love. On bikes, yeah, yeah, that they are like super anti-immigrant. Uh, yeah. Maxime Bernier is like the leader. Uh, we don't really need to talk about it, but yeah. anyway, we're not we're not covering him. Thank we you so much. We shan't be. And our fifth episode will be a roundtable. Um, so if you uh, decide you want to tune in for that, we'll be reviewing all the other other party platforms, so you can kind of like binge listen before the election and help you make your it'll help you make your decision maybe so head on over right now to undecided if you didn't already do this subscribe listen binge their yeah. catalog wait for the next four episodes in this series to come out because today we're going to mostly focus on the conservative platform mm-hmm. and Yay. before we go any further we should say right away because people are going to get annoyed and turn this off that everyone is required to vote <laughs> period yeah or you're going to be arrested yes. that is a, the official election day is October 21st that's a Monday correct uh, you can find out where your poll station is on elections.ca correct and you can vote from 9 a.m to 9 p.m on the 21st you can also vote up until october 16th um at your at any of your elections canada office any elections canada office um and in advance polls until october 14th no idea when this episode is coming out um from 9 a.m to 9 p.m you can find all of the information of where you need to vote on elections.ca uh, if you want to vote in advance, if you're like feeling like really fired up. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Great. Uh, f- and and it's, as we said before, this is a must do voting. Mm-hmm. This election in particular, just joking, every election you should vote, but you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Two more things. Right? You need proof of address. If you go to vote, you need uh, a photo ID and like your passport or a health card and uh, proof of address can be like a piece of mail um, all this again on elections.ca and the law actually provides so that everyone uh, gets three consecutive hours to go vote on election day yes. so if your hours don't allow that time your employer has to give you that time off and they're not allowed to impose a penalty or dock your pay so you actually have rights on this um, yes. just in case you are stuck on election day um, you can tell your boss to go Great. fuck themselves thank um, you so much and while you're doing that don't forget to bring your civic duty over with that mail and that you're sitting <laughs> yeah I love it I was like I'm like where is sorry I was getting can, metaphorical can I find that in my purse <laughs> I don't or? really understand <laughs> <laughs> yours is up your butthole Elliot. I was gonna say that mm-hmm. oh for full disclosure too because we love that on the show mm-hmm. um, Tara is our resident expert as will become blatantly obvious mm-hmm. through yes. this so um, well you have to listen to Tom and I I would strongly <laughs> advise you to divert your attention mostly to Tara's voice so <laughs> yeah if you have a three speaker system that you're listening to this turn off speaker one and three <laughs> fantastic Fantastic. Number two. Everyone has one of those, right? (laughs) Of course. How else do you listen to podcasts? Sometimes I listen to my car. Anyway, um, before we go any further, let's check in with each other. How are we all doing? Elliot and Tara, do you want to tell me in the form of a color? Yes. I've been thinking about this all the way here. I thought this. Okay, that's good, but it has to be like you're feeling it right now. Well, like this morning, I was like this dull, horrible gray, like just like mustard, like mustard, like yellow gray. Yeah, yeah. I was just like Like dusted. Like (laughs) duster. I tried. Exactly. So sorry. Like a mustard. Bottle full of dust, yeah, 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 and yeah, you yeah. squirt it onto your, your hot dog, and it's like, 
Oh my god, sand. That is, that like, is the saddest form of mustard. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Dustard. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, horrible. Like so tired. Like just felt like I couldn't do anything. I like my to do list for the next couple of weeks is so big and like it seemed insurmountable. But on my way here, I got fired up. Like. I've been kind of, you know, working on these like f- next four episodes. Um, I've got all like all my guests lined up and people have really rallied around this. It feels so good. Now I'm like this. You guys know like Dorothy's um, slippers in The Wizard of Oz, like they're sparkly red. Oh, yeah. yeah I feel absolutely. like like it's like fire, but it's like sparkly fire. Like I'm going to fucking like I'm going to like be angry, but like I'm going to do it like in a cute way. Great. Fuck yeah. You know? Oh, I'm that's our flavor here. Angry yeah. in a cute angry way. Angry in a cute way. <laughs> Do we ever achieve the second part of that though or are we just angry is we what I think need to so. know. We think in our minds that we do so we do. Yeah. Right. Thank you. I love that. That's all that matters. Uh, Tom, what's your color? Um, Wait. Uh, oh, Tom? Color I answered. Is, uh, I thought I was Tom like, for one second. <laughs> well, because, you know, throwing my sometimes, sometimes you do the call me by your name thing. Yeah, so. exactly. Thank you. Um, so, I know stuff about queer culture. <laughs> you know what? I um, my color is dusted. Mm. It, it truly is. It Dark. Went, uh, as soon as you started talking about how you felt this morning, that's exactly how I feel now. I feel like I'm maybe down a well, mm. and like I'm covered in dust, like just covered in dust, Ugh. and like I can't get out of the well. I'm stuck there. So the only thing I can do is like eat a hot dog mm-hmm. okay and so <laughs> wow yes here i am i'm not able to leave uh-huh. i'm here i'm covered in soot mm-hmm. like i'm some kind of ch- uh chimney sweep or well sweep if that exists yeah but i've fought like the i've fallen like timmy yeah and now i'm trying to eat a timmy chalamet <laughs> yeah, and yeah, now yeah. i'm trying to eat a um, dusty hot dog a dusty hot dog <laughs> a dust and dog. i don't want to but but i'm i'm just gonna chomp that wiener there's no other option <laughs> yeah that's all you have to do um, my color right now is um, salmon. Whoa. It's, it's 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 salmon, but it's um, been mar- it's been marinated in dusted. I'm a dusted salmon um, <laughs> because well, a I'm wearing salmon. My your unfatwad s- salmon rushdie. <laughs> Sorry, my skin is salmon colored because I'm flushed. Uh-huh. I was gonna say you're both wearing, kind of wearing salmon, and Ooh, both of your skin cute. is a little bit salmon like yeah. salmon tinged. Yeah. It's because I'm sweating because I'm nervous. Yeah, and I also had to turn the AC off for this recording, so oh, it's hot. And I apologize. Ooh, it's gonna be cute in here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is gonna be I'm just like swimming upstream right now. I'm trying Aww. my best. And um, I'm the bear trying to eat you. Yeah, and quite frankly, I will just give up soon. Um, not yet, though, but soon. I will just I'm stop swimming. Okay, good. Because then I can stop stop grabbing at the salmon. Swimming. Let's just synergistically stop. You don't have the energy to grab Mr. <laughs> Dustard. That's true. <laughs> you're, just, That's true. <laughs> you're, eating, you're eating a hot dog, okay? Like, you're fine. But somehow, like, the stream is like... Um, <laughs> It's like flooding the well, oh, and so no. it's actually gonna save me because like the wa- the water's like lifting me oh up. So God. I'm gonna end up in your well. You're ending up in my well, and, and I'm full of Tara's dust. Eat you, and you're so poisonous <laughs> that I will die. Perfect. We need to move on. Wow, yes. we really made a story out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Good for us. Um, there's an election coming up. We're here to talk about it. It's happening. Tara's here to talk about it. Yeah. We're dumb, stupid uh, faggots. Excuse the language. That's yeah. how we refer to ourselves. And we're we're here to listen. We're here to learn. Mm-hmm. Just like all of our listeners, I feel like as you said earlier, Tara, when you got here, and I thought it was really astute. Everyone, so everyone listening is young. Mm-hmm. I, everyone, our demographics are young. Yours, I'm sure, are too. Mm-hmm. We're all busy. We're all we're in young school. at heart. We mm-hmm. all have three jobs. 
we're all stressed out. We're all down that well. Mm-hmm. Elections are coming up. We're going to vote. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't maybe know as much as we should. And that's why I love your project so much because you're here to fucking educate people. And Well, and right Thank now, you. this has never been more important. And Tara, yeah. maybe you can speak more to this. But there's something huge happening with the youth vote in particular this Big. election. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you? Yeah. So um, for those, I feel like this has really been like fucking, maybe it's because I'm like a little plugged in. But I feel like this has been really like shoved down people's throats this election cycle. But if you don't know, young people are the largest voting block this um, this election cycle. So I think it's like under thirty five. Like there's the there there are more of us than there are of the baby boomers. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Um, baby boomers, why are you still here? We're not. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we're not sure. Like actually, <laughs> scientifically. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> science is like obviously like my area of expertise uh, as a uh, arts and science undergrad. Anyway, right. Same with my theater degree. Yeah. <laughs> um, Same. So uh, what was I talking about? Youth vote. Oh yeah, youth Shut vote. Down our huge, huge, huge. Uh, voting block huge actually if we did if all of us turned out we could sway the entire election and even if a majority come of us come out to vote we could sway the election in like a very different direction so polling wise right now it looks like the liberals and the conservatives are like neck and neck mm-hmm. and the ndp um ha- have come up to like about 16 or 17 percent um from 11 percent and that's mostly because of uh, like the debate that happened on Monday. People like watched Jagmeet Singh and they were like, oh, my God, that's a prime minister. Who is she? We love it. Like, yeah. like yellow turban. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. yes. Um, but uh, anyway, so the point is that um, elections change fast. They can change fast. And I've seen it before. And because like people are kind of starting to wake up right now, they're like, coming out of their like hibernation their like political hibernation they're like oh like what's happening in the election oh shit and they start to like you know get into the issues and they they are realizing like there's like a lot at stake mm-hmm. and so i think that like even though the polls like show this right now like the liberals at like 30ish together the liberals and conservatives are both at 30 ndp at 17 and everyone else is like kind of underneath that um I think it could really change like really really fast and so and that is actually up to like everybody our age to like get the fuck out and vote i've noticed like this week sorry to interrupt no i've I've noticed this week in particular Mm -hmm. something has changed on my social media which we're all so tuned into that's what that's what our generation is about and also the people even i'm talking to the election about everyone is expertly confused yes so confused yes strategic voting versus voting from the heart mm-hmm. we're all like oh i don't know what the fuck this like, is my favorite topic got, yeah. yeah right i got yes. home from work mm-hmm. and i was i told my roommate about this episode tonight that we were recording and he was like i don't know how to vote and i i said to him honestly we both looked at each other i said i don't know either it's very scary and i think uh i, I have uh, the first thing i have to say about that is um it like works in the favor of people who are in power uh, for people that are our age to not vote, um, uh, for people that are our age to not have time to even think about how to vote because most people our age uh, don't have any savings. Yeah. They don't have any extra cushion money. Yeah. They're working more than one job. They don't have time to learn. So it works in their favor if we don't take the time. Yeah. And so like I and we all are coming at it from this perspective, which is that we know it's hard and we know it's kind of like a daunting thing. Like it's kind of a scary, like to go into this like part of 
I don't know, like to, to, to like learn all this stuff or to talk about the stuff that you don't know about. But I encourage you to do it because you don't need to know fucking anything about politics to talk about politics. Yeah. You just need to know what you feel in your fucking heart. I know that sounds cheesy as fuck, but anyway, there's that. No, but we need to hear that, right? Because so often people, myself included, shy away from dis- maybe political discussions because I feel like I don't know enough about policy and about platforms. And I, yeah. I admittedly, yeah. I don't. So... I would shy away and I don't and I just stand there confused and looking like a butthole yeah but you know actually I was at the stand-up show the other day and the woman like one of her jokes was that um you know she was like I feel like I know about politics to like uh get by yeah but then like anytime someone asks me like a substantial question I'm like really scared and like the bit was that like she was at a wedding and someone asked her about SNC-Lavalin which is like a political scandal that affected the Trudeau government this year doesn't matter if you don't know about it um and and she was like horrified she was like oh my god I'm like I'm never gonna be uh, never gonna be able to answer this question like like oh no and like her anxiety that she described I think perfectly encapsulates like how a lot of us feel and also like there's like there's some of us most of us are like that mm, and the yeah. other the rest of us are like the, the other there's some part of the population that is making these people feel bad for not knowing some of the politics and those people can go fuck themselves yeah, because yeah, anyone yeah. that's like oh you don't know about yeah. blah 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 shut the fuck up yeah, like yeah, yeah. you should be this like comfortable space to ask fucking questions yeah and anyway and to find what's in your heart and which is a, the jumping off point for my opinion on strategic voting which is twofold my first opinion is that um obviously like if you're a young person you aren't a conservative like uh nine times out of ten you're not like like that's young people overwhelmingly support progressive policy so um we are also kind of coming at it from this perspective so disclaimer if you're a conservative you're probably not listening to this episode yeah (laughs) Um, yeah yeah hopefully but probably not (laughs) not from dick wicks no (laughs) although maybe (laughs) i have we have some listeners that consider us propaganda but anyway go on oh interesting <laughs> they listen to you for research yeah. <laughs> for real um so so a lot of young people don't want andrew Shear to be prime minister for reasons we will find out uh, in this episode but um chances are if you live in a city your riding is not coming down but uh to between the conservative candidate and the and anyone else the conservative candidate in your riding if you live in an urban area is likely not ahead Mm -hmm. so the first thing i have to say to people is like okay it's probably between the liberals and the ndp so fucking find your heart there yeah that's my first opinion or that's my first like bit of information my second bit of information is strategic voting is fucking bullshit because everybody is like tricked into like by looking at polls to like oh like i gotta vote liberal is like the lesser evil yeah and they're like not for you like maybe like you know like vote with your heart yeah vote look at the platforms or listen to the platforms and and vote with your heart and encourage your friends to do the same because if all of us did that if you actually look at the polling on this like in canada young people overwhelmingly support universal basic income increased equality uh for um 
racialized people, for queer people, for women, and they support uh, like uh, affordability, housing affordability. Mm -hmm. Um, What's like, and and, uh, meaningful action on climate change. Mm -hmm. Those are like the four, I don't know about you guys, like to me that's like the four most important things. That's the only thing that matters. So if all of us got out and voted, like overwhelmingly we support that. So if all of us got out and voted, it wouldn't fucking matter. Like, do you know what I mean? Totally. So does does that make sense? Definitely, I just wanna say, one sec I want to pull back from this conversation for a sec because we have a lot of listeners Dickwick in the states and around the world and this is probably really fucking confusing and I'm not sorry because we have to hear about your fucking bullshit politics (laughs) all the time oh my god I love this so it's time it's time that Canada matters because this fucking matters to a lot of people um is my first point my second point is that the fear with strategic voting um speaking for myself as a queer person is that the possibility of sheer getting in and what we witnessed in the American election, which I understand is a completely different system. Mm -hmm. It functions entirely different than Canada's electoral system. Mm -hmm. However, to think that, that my vote could have like, if I voted with my heart and, and sheer one, then I'm worried about the effect for that. Right. And I'm worried about, I don't know. I don't, it just, it freaks me out. Of course. So I get afraid and I want to, look at the polls and then I want to figure out how mm-hmm. to make sure he doesn't win. Mm-hmm. I have two questions for the group. Mm-hmm. Can I post them? Yes. Number one, um, uh, how much, uh, because because of our electoral system, it's very strange, how much should people be voting for their candidate in their riding and how much should people be voting for the fucking party and their party's platform? This is actually, I think, the biggest problem with our part, with our first past the post system which is that like you can't really vote for your local candidate on a federal level like Mm -hmm. i mean you have to kind of vote for the party you can't look at like your federal your so you can't look you can't look at your candidate for mp's local issues like let's say like my candidate in like my my writing my liberal candidate is christian freeland and christian freeland's like uh we're gonna like blah 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 um in university rosedale or whatever i don't even know what my fucking writing is called she's that sweet angel that was behind the rainbow railroad right yeah what's the rainbow railroad it's this oh um amazing organization uh in canada that helps lgbtq plus refugees um oh, out yeah. of, like, threatening situations she's ukrainian into, i right. think yeah yeah she's amazing yeah. um but uh, oh yeah christian freeland where um, was i going uh, if it matters to vote for your oh, writing yeah. or... Because, okay, so the the strike against voting for, like, your local candidate, your federal local candidate, is that federally, on a local level, things that fall under federal jurisdiction, which means that, like, the things the federal government can do in your writing right. are very small. Right. The things the federal government does is usually, like, on a mass scale. So... While our our system is very confusing, you can actually kind of simplify it by looking at what the leader of the party, like the Justin Trudeau's and the Jagmeet Singh's of the world, are going to do for the country and vote with your heart that way. It is kind of like the American system in that way, because ultimately, like, what is Christian Freeland going to do in your neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Like, that is different than... Um, 
whoever the NDP candidate is or the conservative candidate is. It is a it is a national conversation that right. they're you having. Have to think of them as a representative. You kind of yeah. do. Like they do. There are some local things they can affect, but very few. Like it's much more like much more is at stake in like provincial and municipal elections for that stuff. Yeah. So does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Totally. Okay. What was the other question? My second question is, and I'm going to out myself right here. Um, it's National Coming Out Day. <laughs> oh my! Actually, yeah. yeah it is. Oh my God! Yeah. Happy National Coming Out Day, guys! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yay! Yay for us! Um, okay. I'm perhaps outing my. So my strategy right now is, mm. and I'm not saying this is isn't going to change because it is. Honestly, I change my mind hourly. On Me too. How I'm yeah, voting. it's very confusing. Um, my also, strategy, the show is called Undecided. It's funny that we are decided, but continue. Yeah. My strategy right now is is that I still have a my license has my parents' address on it. I still have mail mm-hmm. in my parents' writing. Mm-hmm. They live in a fucking a conservative question. writing in Ooh. like the suburban Ontario thing. The NDP don't have don't have a footing there they don't Mm -hmm. and i want to go up there and battle the conservatives on that ground and to do that i will i will vote liberal yeah that makes sense i think okay i mean that's my strategy right now again i'm not like again i change my mind all the time but unless the polling in your writing says it's between the ndp and conservatives which no likely will Mm -hmm. never happen so like I think that makes a lot of sense. If your writing is a swing writing between liberal and conservative, I think like you are doing yourself and everyone else a favor by voting liberal. And but here's the amazing thing about our system, which never happens but could happen this time, which is why it's amazing that we have three parties. And it's this: um, if Justin Trudeau gets a minority government, which means he doesn't get fifty percent of the seats in Parliament, but he gets the most out of any of the parties, he gets the most seats. Mm-hmm. Um, terrible at articulating this for some reason no it's great but like let's say he gets like you know um like 40 percent of the seats and everybody else doesn't get 40 percent yeah um he can choose to form a majority government with Jagmeet Singh or vice versa Jagmeet Singh and Andrew Scheer could choose it would never happen but they could choose to form a government to overcome power Justin Trudeau so these are the things that could happen so it is actually worth your while to like look at your second best option like yeah. look look at the thing that like your heart tells you and you're like okay I want that one and then your second best option uh you can vote for that if you're in a swing riding so if you're like first option is NDP but they have no chance of winning in your riding mm-hmm. then vote liberal mm-hmm. D- does that make sense Definitely. so you're saying strategic voting does make sense depending on the riding yes i mean like i hate even yes. saying that like i <laughs> really i really but, baited but I you in saying, i baited you with that the my stakes, question the stakes are different no, it's important in this election right like yeah we have somebody who really cannot become prime minister yeah and we and and i think that's a really good segue for yes thank um you. for like talking about the conservative platform and why yeah. it would be so scary yeah let's check it out um before before we do that really quickly again for our listeners if anyone's hanging on who isn't from canada um the parties we're talking about ndp is a new democratic party mm-hmm. um jagmeet singh is a leader of that party we have a liberal who is justin trudeau who is currently in power is looking for um re-election thank you um and then the conservatives is andrew Scheer, and that is who we are about to talk about mm-hmm. and they Scheer voldemort thank you and that's amazing <laughs> what you just did i love you uh the i guess like the and 
political leanings of all those parties have classically been, although it's been contested. Yeah. Uh, the NDP have been like to the left, the liberals are to the center, and the conservatives, the Andrew Scheer party, is the right wing party here in Canada. So. Yay! Without and further ado, further gay. We have the green, which is the well, confusingly the furthest left. Although that's under question this election, perhaps. Yeah, if you want to talk about that, we totally can. Uh-huh. And then we have the, the again we spending too much time on this. You're right, the People's Party of Canada, which also is the mm-hmm. Bloc Québécois, farthest left, which actually is posing. For, sorry, right. The Bloc Québécois is actually posing a really right now, like uh, in the polls, they're posing a huge threat. Like they could, uh, they could be the difference between like a Trudeau majority and a Trudeau minority as of like today. Like if we everyone voted today, because be probably the what's my, wow. my sorry, yeah. I, I we're just jumping all around here, but no, it's my guess, my assumption is that the people of Quebec are as confused, as annoyed as the rest of the country. 100%. And if there was a <laughs> random other party to vote for. We might do that. Oh yeah, my right? god! Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so um, okay, so let's talk about Andrew Shear. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about what he's promising. So yeah. the the I want to say that the Conservative Party didn't have a fully costed platform until today, literally hours, literally ago. hours ago. So yeah. we've got like bits and bobs. I mean, not that I would ever Clips like be like. Andrew Shear's proposing twenty billion dollars on like because the numbers don't really mean anything, but I. Just advanced polling is open this weekend. A lot of people are going to vote in advanced polls because they won't be here for the election or they'll be busy on Monday, the 21st. And it is insulting that this man only released the fully caused a platform now. It's crazy. It's like, it's obviously, it's... It's a ploy, of course. Like, right? yes. what you're going to see from the, like, the what he's like proposed before this is that he doesn't really believe that anybody is voting on substance this election they're voting on um talking points like justin trudeau's a phony um which is like honestly it's actually insulting like to canadians that he's like that he's like oh like whatever like people don't really give a shit they fucking give a shit and they would give a shit if they knew that you were a pro-life fuck like anti-choice yeah anti-choice uh fucking uh, queer hating yeah. mm-hmm. uh, bigot. Yeah. They would care. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny because he Snapping, he is those things and he said that he is those things and not those words, of course. But then he also says that that won't affect his policy. And he's like, yeah. and he's assured all of Canada that um, he won't reform gay marriage here same-sex marriage and that um he won't touch um, abortions are still protected exactly mm-hmm. yeah but a lot of his candidates are anti-choice and he said he wouldn't stop them pro- from proposing anti-choice legislation right um and i'm sure the same thing goes for fucking anti-queer legislation exactly. so exactly don't trust this hoe. <laughs> Don't trust him. <laughs> he's he's a wolf in wolf's clothing. Yeah, exactly. He's a like, wolf in bear's clothing. Yeah. And he has oh. that stupid smile like he's eating a little bird or something. The man, that's so fucking true. The man looks like the... Um, I th- I thought the best description I have made of him recently, and there have been a lot of really bad ones, is like Casper the Friendly Ghost. But if he like got old and like mm-hmm. sad, yeah, and he yeah. never died. Like yeah. he just like let his like flesh suit yeah. rot. Or the he... Grinch if he stayed hateful and got fatter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. lost all his hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. The Grinch had an idea. <laughs> 
an awful idea. He's kind of hot though, right? The Grinch? No, Andrew, Andrew Shear. You think Andrew Shear is hot, Elliot? <laughs> I'm sorry. Our relationship has withstood a lot of complications thus far. That this takes oh the cake. God. You cannot find Andrew Shear attractive. He has I will beautiful not stand blue here eyes. Thank you. No, he does not. That those that is blue trickery. You know what he but he looks like a boy, you know? Like he yes, looks Yes, I do know that. A bloated piggy boy. And Elliot, what is wrong with you? You retract that statement right now and you don't find him attractive. We can like objectify him. It's fine. I'll do whatever I need to do to get through Tom. Yeah, Lou. also that was definitely good. If anything, it was amazing comedic value. So <laughs> Thank you so much. We're only here to entertain folks. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, Piggy Boy, why would you say anything that would turn me on that much? First of all, now I do actually think he's hot. Before I was joking, now I'm aroused. Let's get on to the platform. <laughs> okay, speaking of arousal, let's talk about public transit expansion. <laughs> yeah. Mm, baby. So um, the conservatives, I mean, like, can't really argue with this, would fund the Ontario Line and the Young Subway Extension in Toronto, the George Massey Tunnel Replacement Project in British Columbia, and a third link across the St. Lawrence River in Quebec. And you don't really need to know what any of these things are, necessarily. You just need to know that he would expand, like, major public transit projects mm-hmm. sure although like if i do I, I don't have um receipts on this but if i do recall the ontario line is a bunch of bullshit it like runs diagonally Ooh. across the city to ontario place which is like you know casino royale for doug ford oh right? my god so the ontario line is absolute bullshit i don't support that okay <laughs> we got a hot take <laughs> up in this kitchen okay. don't, don't do your own research on that please <laughs> listeners but like huge if yeah. true diagonally though. across the city like that's i mean trying to dig that up would be whatever anyway well actually it'll never happen yeah of course it'll not. never happen of that's come that's yeah. that's true okay so the on public transit um he would also uh do a 15% public transit usage tax credit. Um, They say they'll reintroduce a 15% tax credit for public transit that would apply at tax time to any transit pass, allowing for unlimited travel within Canada on local buses, streetcars, subways, commuter trains, and ferries, as well as electronic fare cards when used for an extended period. So here's how the rest of this episode is going to work. I'm going to, we're going to read like these kind of really boring descriptions and then I'm going to translate them. Yeah, um, please. Basically what this means is like you'll get uh, money back for riding public transit. Mm-hmm. Um, in the GTA, um, if you live in like Oshawa and you commute into Toronto, did you guys fucking know that you're paying like $500 a month? Wow, you're, oh my God. You're paying for um, 360-ish dollars like to to take the train or the bus in from Brampton or Oshawa and then you have to pay 122 uh dollars to um pay for a TTC pass so it's about $500 in public 500 in public transit and you know how much it costs to fucking drive a car how much $600 Jesus so it's not that much cheaper right right um so this is like I mean like and most people drive their car to that train station mm-hmm. in Ottawa yep. yep. to then get on the train, to then get on the TTC. And the source I, I used for this was City News, so you can look this up if you uh, want to fact check me. But um, I'm pretty sure they factored in like what it costs to like buy or lease a car like into the monthly price of the car. Mm-hmm. So it, like, it's just crazy that public transit is like 
only fucking 150 ish dollars less than like a car can i have one of those <laughs> we're drinking i don't know if that's like we can cut that if we don't have jesse here to sort of um, bartend bartend or keep us on track and yeah no of, we're um, like w- flailing around and i i kind of love it though okay so um okay so like so the tax credit that they would provide if you're living in the gta and so this is actually specifically catered to gta because it's so expensive to take public transit in you'd basically get a thousand dollars back in your tax credit but but if you do the math on it you're paying uh um a metro pass right now is like 142 right is that right uh, it's 140 or 122 i think i think that's a student one yeah yeah anyway the point is like if you're if you're if you're only taking a TTC, you'll get like two hundred dollars back at the end of the year. Mm. But if you're like a GTA commuter, you'll get like a thousand dollars back. So it's like huh. specifically catered to like regional interests, which is like I mean, I can't really argue with that. But um, uh, where was my brain? It's coming back. Basically, it's not a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, like it's not. It, you know, not all of these policies are going to be bad, but as we'll see, none of them do anything to address the root causes of like why people have to commute or why right. people can't afford to X, Y, Z. Right, 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 right. That's a good thing to keep in mind as we move through this. I mean, like a thousand dollars against, um, I think, six. It it's it costs you six thousand dollars basically to take public transit right. in. So I mean, you're still paying five thousand dollars a year to take public transit into this. Anyway, okay. Um, well, and quite frankly, the fact that they've sat on releasing anything for so long, and then this is one of their big pieces of their platform, is a little bit alarming. A hundred percent. Just in general, mm-hmm. as we move through this. Yeah. Uh, you mean because the advanced polls have already opened? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> because of that. L, why don't you talk about crime? Uh, why don't you, you yeah. talk about crime and uh, the uh, prison stuff? Totally. Okay. So. Um, they have a really bizarre section on crime crackdown, which mm-hmm. uh, seems very punitive before we get into it. Um, and again, to just reiterate what you said, it doesn't actually attack the root cause of any of this. Uh, there's no harm reduction in this. There's only harm application. <laughs> so <laughs> their crime crackdown uh, says they're going to end automatic bail for gang members awaiting trial. And also just for context for non-Canadian listeners, um, there has been like a seeming rise in gang related violence, um, especially in Toronto. And so this is something that people are um, concerned about. Exactly. Concerned about. And there's a lot of reactionary um, moves like uh, about this. So uh, they're going to end automatic bail uh, for gang members waiting trial and revoke parole for any gang member who associates with their former gang following release. Um, They're going to label gangs as criminal entities in the criminal code, similar to terrorist organizations. Which is intense. Very, very fucking intense. Um, They're going to introduce a five-year minimum sentence for violent gang crime and for possession of a smuggled firearm. They're going to create a Canada Border Services Agency task force to prevent the flow of illegal firearms at the Canada-U.S. border. Uh, Also strengthen background checks for gun licenses and make it a crime to provide a firearm to anyone who has been prohibited from owning them. They're going to institute consecutive sentences for convictions on multiple counts of human trafficking. Um, which also human trafficking is a really big issue in the north of Ontario specifically. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm from Sudbury and I it's didn't really know that. bad there, yeah. Sudbury is like the human traffic hub. Is yeah, it yeah, not? it's the hub because then in Subway and that gas station. From Sudbury, it, it goes north from there. So Sudbury's the See, place like, where they See, like, you guys, you know, you came into this and you're like, I don't know anything. Shut the fuck up. You know a lot of shit. <laughs> I know a lot about human That's... trafficking, apparently. <laughs> Cute. That's weird, actually. Hit me up. Weird that you know a lot about human trafficking. My partner's sister works at a gas station and there was a girl who was abducted for human trafficking 
and it was at night they like locked the doors so you have to buzz in and she was like buzzing to get in but they didn't like open it in time and she was like scooped what? up by the human trafficker and like taken away oh my god yeah, it's really dark it, was she bad is she okay no no oh she's my gone god. yeah no she was human trafficked Sorry, that was really dark. Tom's giving me a look. I don't know how to come back from this. Tom We've is, talked about this. Oh my god, Tom is like, I don't, I never want to get that look from anyone know, in my, my life. It's like, it's like, oh my god, so, I'm so disappointed I'll in you. Say, this is very complex. Like, once you say something like that, this podcast can, you know what I mean? Like this podcast can continue on any other issue. I'm laying some context. There's some. <laughs> There's some important context here. The, these are real issues, but I think they it's, are. No, that's it's. You're right. And like, for example, gun control. Yes, amazing. We we desperately need that. Um, these are terrifying times. Speaking for Tom and I at the March Against Hate, I wasn't sure if someone on the other side had a firearm. Like, mm-hmm. it would be great to feel more security in that. Mm-hmm. However, returning to the fact that this is mostly punitive um, and it doesn't seem like it's going to actually address any issues in this. Especially since they don't have um, any handgun. This is guns smuggled in from the U.S. They have no, like, handgun uh, bans or crack down on handguns. They like they don't have like um and they don't have any like like why do people go into gangs? Right, like right, a right. lot of the times they go into gangs for social support. Yeah. So like why instead of like being like like let's criminalize all these people, yeah. why don't you like increase funding to education? Thank you. Uh, right. like, finding the root of the problem rather yeah. than being real. You know about this better than any of us. Sure. I I like there's been a lot of gun violence recently in Toronto too. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, intense. Mm-hmm. So Well, and let's be frank too, the fact that so um our awful premier Ford um has been cutting social services and we were also seeing a rise in gang violence and gun violence. Here. To that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm. again, if we were to have a conservative federally and then a conservative provincially, um who's to say how any of these issues would be exacerbated right. or not, right? Like right. it's yeah. Right. Oh god, I just got this feeling of like dread come over my body. Yeah, like, when you said Ford, was that was that one? Yeah, yeah, Ford just no because like usually what happens in like I'm sure you know this Tara, but whenever there's a provincial conservative government, the federal is liberal and vice versa. Yeah. Mm. And so I just had this feeling That's of dread true. of our provincial government when and our federal up. government being I know. conservative and Fuck. I want to puke out my butthole actually and i think this really segues well into the other thing that they're going to do in prisons yeah which elliot maybe you can talk about yes i will um so someone actually sent me a document today um huge document like like a like a hugely impactful document and which was put together by the canadian hiv aids legal network um i can maybe save most of the talking points here but basically one of the things that the HIV AIDS network had asked of the parties um, was what they were going to do about the prison-based needle and syringe programs. Because as it stands, there are a few needle exchange programs in prison, but they need more funding. They need more support. Um, Can you just talk a little bit, like 15-second rundown on what that is? Yeah, so basically in in harm reduction, um, basic harm reduction logic, it's not good to outlaw the use of syringes just as that because people aren't going to stop quite frankly and what they'll we, use more dangerous methods exactly they're going to share the syringes they can get their hands on um and oh. it doesn't support the root cause okay. and so every single party meaning like liberal ndp bloc quebecois and green party all have strategies in place to support um a more extensive needle exchange program so basically you use a needle you mm-hmm. go to an official uh, and a healthcare professional who will then provide you with a clean needle and also on any information you need about the act of shooting up or or whatnot, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so up until literally today, the conservatives had remained silent on this and didn't answer. But now in their platform, 
they've actually said they're going to end all prison needle exchange programs in Canada for the reason that they believe that giving needles to prisoners is akin to giving dangerous weapons to dangerous people. This is very much in line with the Doug Ford eliminating safe injection sites. Yeah, exactly. Like these people are like evil to the fucking core. Exactly. Well, and I want people to die, don't you? Right. And and I think I think these people might think they're going to actually solve a problem by like thinning out the herd or whatnot but fucking anybody Ew, can be addicted eugenics to drugs is so gross right there is no there's fucking <laughs> too many episode titles here there's no there's no link there's no moral link between using intravenous drugs and to being a good or bad person or doing good or bad yeah. things mm-hmm. like it's just there's so much fucked up ideology that they're sitting on to even implement or end the implementation harm of reduction is so important and we, we and the numbers support it harm yeah. reduction works you yeah. reduce harm mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, that's, mm. yeah, that's that. Portugal actually had a really uh, successful, uh, this is like kind of in the same vein. They had a really successful um, experiment with like legalizing like literally all drugs. Mm-hmm. Like there's less drugs, less usage of drugs, yeah. Yeah, 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 more yeah. more money for, uh, because they legalize all drugs, they don't criminalize all these people, and mm-hmm. then they had more money to fucking support addicts. Whoa! Wow! Shocking! Shocking. Shocking Crazy. Okay. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. Tom. Wait. I have one more little thing. I know we're jumping around all over the place. So I'm jumping to a new mushroom. It's been two years since we got to jump with Tara. It's true. Has it really been two years? uh, Year? A year and a half. Year and a half. I think because we would have been uh, summer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Doug Ford. Yeah. Who is our premier of Ontario? Somehow has. (laughs) Hidden away, I think the federal conservatives have hidden him away <laughs> until after this election, right? Because he's a liability for them, which is hilarious because he's such a fucking dumb fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But his salary is so large. So this five month vacation, like forced upon vacation by the federal cons, we're assuming, is like so much of the taxpayers' money. Do you actually know what this premier salary is? Um, I do. I saw. Mm, it's mm, it's mm. definitely six figures. I'm wrong. That was an old statistic, Tom. What what do you have? So, um, this is a tweet, and everyone should fact check it because I don't want to be spreading fake news. Don't spread fake news. Uh, but uh, this says by the time Doug Ford finally returns to Queens Park, one week after the federal election. Uh, Ford will have been in hiding for 144 days to help his friend Andrew Shear. This five-month-long vacation, which is 39.5% of the year, gave Ford $82,444 out of his $208,974,000 salary. Oh, my God. Who? What's the source on that? Is it a journalist? Um, this is TYR Labor Council. Wow. That's Again, fucked. check all that. Obviously, like, we don't huge, want to be spreading if, fake If true, things. huge. Um, but that's a lot of money. Either way, that's a lot of money. I actually... No matter what, it's a lot of money. I love that we did this. I love that we went off, jumped onto this mushroom because um, what we just did was what I encourage literally every single person, human being to do, which is sit down with your friends, have some beers or stuff have have some drinks or not if you don't drink have something you enjoy have a political conversation and it can be about anything it could be about climate change it could be about equality it could be about 
um, like criminality, like mm-hmm. it could be about anything you want. And when you get stuck, when you're like, oh, I don't actually know what X is, look it up. Yeah. You have a fucking iPhone. Yeah. You have so much power at your fingertips. You don't need to know jack shit yeah. to have a conversation about politics because you can always pause and talk about and, and look it up. Like, there's no shame in that. You don't need to know everything. In fact, if you did, it would be impossible. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and if someone shames you for not knowing, punch him in the throat. Like, Just kidding. There's non-violence, literally but nonviolence, harm reduction, but like, Ellie. there's Thank no, you. there's no reason. Like, there's no reason to shame someone. For, yeah. Like, ugh. I also think that's incredibly elitist, but that's another podcast. Um. <laughs> Speaking of elitist, Tom, do you want to talk about the foreign aid policy? So, Ooh, uh, yes. under the conservative platform, um, Andrew Sear has suggested cutting foreign aid by 25%. So, right now, Canada has a foreign aid budget of $6 billion, and the reduction would be made to Canadian funding for middle and upper income countries such as Argentina, Brazil, and Italy, and repressive regimes like Iran and North Korea that are hostile to Canada's interests and values. A lot of that sentence is in quotations. Tom would never use the word hostile or repressive regimes. (laughs) The Conservatives would redirect $700 million from the savings to strengthen foreign aid in other countries, strengthen our commitment to traditional alliances, what the fuck, and advocate for human rights on the world stage is also in this splash page campaign promise, as well as depoliticizing military procurement so the Canadian armed forces can get the supplies they need when they need it. Which is, okay, so I, I, wrote, I wrote the second half of this. The splash page campaign promise is where I found this information. There was no other place to find this information until when they uh, re- uh, re- released their platform a few hours ago. So I found this on a sign-up page. Sign wow. up to support Andrew Shear's policy to like support cutting foreign aid. Okay, so much going on here. $700 million, there's no reason anyone should know this, but I just want to put it in perspective, is literally no money federally. Yeah. I just want everyone to know that. Right. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> it's also not a lot of 25% of $6 million. No. Um, but anyway. $6 billion. Six, sorry, I mean, it's not It's not a huge amount of... It's not... 25% of $6 billion is not... 700 million dollars no, like no anyway the point is it's hard for the human brain to co- to comprehend what a billion dollars is yeah. but uh-huh. it's a million millions yeah. yeah and 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 700 million in like federal spending like you always work in billions mm-hmm. uh so just put putting that out there right um uh de military procurement uh is a really interesting point because currently uh I don't know if you guys know this, but who the fuck is Canada fighting? Right. Like right. we're not we're not threatened by anyone. Nobody hates us. We're Maybe the we US. an ocean an ocean separates us and like literally everyone else except except for the US. Huge point, honestly. <laughs> Maybe we need to up upper military procurement. Actually, <laughs> let's build a wall. Actually, we should yes. Build a oh my wall. god, love it. Um Maybe it would create jobs. I don't know. <laughs> We build it out of maple syrup. That's hardened. Please harden maple syrup. And then we can all lick yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be like, and there. make it a huge Canadian orgy. <laughs> um, 
I'm just trying to be in line with like the you know the like dickwick aesthetic. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're in line. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, advocate for human rights in the world stage is also like it's like a can like it's it's coming from the conservatives so mm-hmm. i have like cause to be very skeptical mm-hmm. of this it sounds rich to be honest also like these fucking campaign promises are so unsubstantial like well yeah we should also say like these are these are buzzwords these are buzzwords with no actual definitions advocate in. for human rights on the world stage which as we what know through mean? watching the states especially with the invasion of iraq that a lot of times can Perfect mean point. validating Perfect imperialism. Yes. So let's just actually ask the question of, of mm-hmm. who is doing the advocation to right. what end and what the human right yeah. is that you're upholding. Yes. And right. don't yes. forget that Andrew Scheer has been a, literally is a lifelong politician and uh, supported the Iraq war, uh, was like a, like with the Speaker of the House when Stephen Harper was in power. Like the man is, has values about foreign policy that right. are scary. Right. And that align with his American passport. Ooh, Ooh, I love that reference. Yes, uh, he's ha- uh, got an American passport. He's like half American or something. He has a dual yeah, citizenship. His parents live there now. Um, and for some reason, literally everyone is freaking out about this. Which I'm like, okay. Except that, whatever. If, if it were any other, like, you're right, whatever. But if this were the U.S., can you imagine? If they're like, if they're like, apart. oh, he's Canadian. If yeah. Ted Cruz, remember? Right. If he, if his, <laughs> if Ted Cruz's parents were living in Canada, <laughs> and like, you know, it, like it's just, and they were like, huge liberal. I, I don't know. It's no, just, yeah, no, for you're real. right. To me. For real, you're Americans right. would never abide by that. But because we love America, they're like our big brother. Like they're like our big sexy brother. Uh, <laughs> well, now I'm pretty. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, this is like fully not in line with what I actually believe. Okay, um, okay, that's the the foreign aid thing. Uh, you know, foreign aid like is kind of a weird thing. I think. Uh, like, why are we like? Foreign aid is like a, just like a ruse a, a half the time for like what you said. Expansions of imperialism and validating. Which, so yeah. it's very scary yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I don't like I'm not really sure my about my position on foreign aid. Me neither, especially to to couple um, policy around the armed forces at the same time as bringing in human rights. Usually those two things um, would belong in separate categories, right? Yeah. Like so yeah. that's a little bit alarming. But again. Mm-hmm. I want to reiterate that it's hard to not be skeptical of a lot of these things just mm-hmm. because of my position. So mm-hmm. if you're listening and these things strike out to you, feel free just to listen to the facts at this point and to mm-hmm. look at the platforms and itself. That, yes. Right? Exactly. Can I say three more times that we're just people trying to have a discussion about this? Yes. And that, like, please Literally don't take Literally none of us what, have any, like, intellectual authority. Saying as, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But that's so. the point of these, this is the point of this podcast yeah. the, uh, of Undecided is the point of this episode is just to encourage you to have your own same conversations. Yeah. Also, I just love to shit on Andrew Shear. I just Me love too. it. Me too. Yeah. I want to oh, literally fuck. shit on Andrew Shear. Yeah. Oh god, I would hold, <laughs> I would hold him down. Ew. That, no, no. Like a little muck pig. Um, okay, let's move on <laughs> to the next thing. Um, okay, uh, so hard to argue with this one. This is actually okay, really for our listeners, but I'm worried about undecided listeners. With that one. <laughs> no, no. I'm sure. Let's see who writes in about that. Oh, hate mail. Can you direct hate mail to doqueer at gmail.com? <laughs> at gmail.com. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me all of your muck pig fantasies. Also, yeah. that's something else. Tell me your fantasies of what you might want to do Wait, to Andrew Shear. But CC undecided on that, please. I want another <laughs> fantasies too. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Um, okay, so uh, the they want to include more people in the disability tax credit. So they uh, will allow more Canadians to qualify by reducing the number of hours spent per week on life-sustaining therapy needed uh, to like meet the requirement mm-hmm. uh, to like qualify for disability tax credit. Um, 
and then also expand the definition for that therapy. That's fucking amazing. So like hard to argue with that. Um, doing great, Andrew Shear on the <gasps> disability tax credit. Awesome. Cool. Um, next, uh, so they are going to create a <laughs> national energy corridor. Oh my god, this is so fucking uh, heinous. What a terrifying <laughs> sentence. What a terrifying <laughs> phrase. National I, energy corridor. I just imagine like Wait, a black hole. Wait, I don't understand hole. anything. So you have I know, to, no, you no, have to you walk through it. That's the me. point. Okay, okay. It's it's completely ambiguous. Okay, yes. okay cool. So so quote. To carry oil, gas, hydroelectricity, and telecommunications from coast to coast. Um, for everyone listening, again, doesn't know a lot about Canadian politics, we have a really rife history with um, transnational pipelines, with um, energy contestations, especially with Indigenous politics, mm-hmm. um, and the removal and extraction of resources at the detriment to um, the people that live there, much like, let's look at Flint, Michigan. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so from the website, it is really unclear Great as to summary. what this is. Further digging shows that it is a way to cut regulations on a land corridor across the country that would allow the federal government to build whatever they want on it, in bracket pipelines, pipelines. without seeking local, read indigenous population's approval. So they say like they 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 provide a lot of lip service to like, oh, we'll consult with the indigenous community, but it's basically so that like they don't have to like when they want to build a pipeline or like any other energy project in this corridor, they don't have to like, they don't have to ask anyone after they approve the corridor and they get like a, a council to like talk about what the corridor will be. Like they have like a group, uh, there's a group of people, they get together. They're like, okay, where is the corridor going to go? It's a land corridor, like, like literally a physical, like, like literally a strip of land across Canada. Right. And then they approve it like federally with like, agreement quote-unquote from like the local populations quote-unquote and then they don't have to like go through any of the bureaucratic approval processes that have stopped other pipelines like indigenous community approval processes well and also it's important to say like we learned with unistaten and wetsuetan um was that last year or early this year um to, to, to seek approval and to seek approval from indigenous communities in Canada because of colonial structure and the implementation of certain systems on indigenous land to get approval from someone that might speak for that community isn't actually what's in the best interest of the indigenous community. Oh yeah. So like so oh yeah. Even even if it's approved, it doesn't mean that it's good, right? It doesn't oh, yeah. mean that these that the people that's going to actually affect have a say in it. Um, and if we contrast this to indigenous issues on the other party platforms it's about protection and this is about extraction mm-hmm. which is fucking terrifying that's very eloquent you muck pig so thanks the drunker i get the muckier <laughs> and piggier i get <laughs> oh, yeah, that wait, no. was really good that was that was amazing uh uh i think that really summarizes that whole the whole issue with that a strange ambiguous land corridor especially since he like totally criticized trudeau uh in the debate on Monday, which no one should watch because it was confusing and will only confuse you and frustrate you more. I didn't watch, to be honest. No, no, there was literally no need to. Uh, he's like, you built a pipeline. Well, like, Andrew Shear wants to build all the pipelines. Like, literally across the entire country. Excuse yeah. me. So, yeah. Um, okay, so he wants to build more infrastructure. Um, that's like the fucking... That's the fucking talking point. He wants to build, build more, more infrastructure. infrastructure. That's really specific. That's what I like about this. Yeah, <laughs> so good. So specific. I mean, okay, so like um, there was a costed platform, uh, which I did, uh, I scanned. Um, so we haven't, the, the costed platform, I'm not, I haven't given like all the costs here, but what, but I did go through, um, this is amazing thing that the liberals did last year, which is they, they established a committee, uh, 
the in the parliamentary budget office to oversee all election campaign promises, which was I think totally brilliant. Does it, no, it doesn't make sense. No, so, no, no, it does. Yeah, sorry. So the like the parliamentary budget office looks at every single costed platform, every single platform that has money in it, and they're like, how feasible is this? How truthful is this? Mm-hmm. Um, can it be done? And is your math right? And mm-hmm. the what I scanned of this of the parliamentary budget uh, office's like. Uh, uh, the report or? report yeah on this they were like not very likely like anyway they also want to like get rid of the canada infrastructure bank which is something that the liberals did uh after 2015 and they like just they put a bunch of like money away to build infrastructure projects which is like not a bad thing mm-hmm. um and anyway this promise is stupid because is it, it says build more infrastructure, which costs more money, and the Canada Infrastructure Bank gives more money to build more infrastructure. Mm. Anyway, d- does that make sense? It yes. makes, yes. It makes yes. no sense. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense that it makes no sense. Exactly. Yeah. Thank yeah. you exactly. so much. That's very hair flavor as well. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So Tom. there's uh, also a judicial inquiry. This is uh, what they're promising into the NF... N- Sorry, SNC Lavalin, and they want to yes. So they want to launch an inquiry into that affair and introduce the No More Cover Up Act to allow the RCMP to ask the Supreme Court of Canada for access to information protected by the Cabinet conf- in this confidence. This is purely political, just to appease people who were right. scandalized by this thing that Trudeau did. If you want to read about it, you can. It's very complicated, and mm-hmm. ultimately. Ultimately, like my personal take on it is that it's actually a super normal thing for a government to do. It's very unfortunate. It, it included a woman who, an indigenous woman yes. cabinet minister. You can look, we, I'm not going to explain this because it's literally its own episode. We actually did explain it on one of our former episodes. We'll, we'll include a link to that in yeah, the yeah. bio. Um, <clears throat> but it like, uh, this is purely to appease people that like think that. Are scandalized is, by it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, if you're any anything like anyone else in our generation, you're so confused by mm-hmm. the SNC-Lavalin case that you've just sort of shut down about it. It's not just that you're shut down. Like, in the grand scheme of everything, is this really important? Yeah. Like, I mean, Trudeau is shitty for a f- myriad yeah. of yeah. other reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. fuck this. Yeah, like, real. this yeah, is yeah, like, yeah. ugh. It's just a way to get people that were probably already going to vote for him to vote for him. Yeah. It's, it's speaking to his own constituents 100%. here. Um, well, we saw with the uh, brownface scandal, which we don't have to go into, that dark. like the support for Trudeau is relatively unwavering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Doing great, Canada. Fuck. Um, so I have to say, so our, our time patriarch isn't here, mm-hmm. um, but we are running a little bit short on time, so we will We're gonna... skim through these next few yeah. points. Um, we will address, like, the large talking points. Um, Way to be Jesse, Elliot. I'm, I'm trying to embody Jesse, and my yeah. own body's rejecting it. So we're fine. <laughs> I'm repulsed by disgusting. you, if that makes you feel better. Thank you both. Yeah. I feel at home. <laughs> um, okay, so next is a 20% refundable tax credit for green improvements to eligible households. Um, that is really okay. strange. Basically, that means they're going to provide eligible households a 20% refundable tax credit between 1000 and 20000 for green improvements to their home as part of a two-year program. Sure. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They basically can get up to like $4,000 of a ta- of a credit to like retrofit their home. 
Right. Right. Can't argue with that. So yeah. stay tuned for uh, additional episodes of Undecided to find out what the other platforms of this refundable t- tax credit might mm-hmm. include. Right. Or green things generally. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so on uh, business, which is like the conservatives' favorite platform item, um, they will repeal small tax. In- they will repeal tax increases on small business investments, uh, and exempt spouses from tax increases on small business dividends, and appoint an expert panel to review and help modernize the tax system. They'll also help businesses better navigate the tax system, reduce regulations by 25% over four years, and implement a two-for-one rule to eliminate existing regulations when new ones are applied and assign a minister responsible for regulation cuts. So (laughs) that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm not following. Small businesses is like the, like, like, it's like the, like, conservatives get off on two things balancing the budget and small business but the definition for small business is huge and it doesn't like small business like is it could be a family-run business but it could also be like a chain of restaurants who like pay their employees like under minimum wage like Mm -hmm. like the small business is a broad category well and not to sound too socialist but it sounds like a hyper-capitalist platform way of saying we look out for quote-unquote the little person but really they're just looking out for for capital right correct and like and for people to make more money in a system where they want to make more and money exploit themselves. more people that you know are not privileged exactly right. like small business doesn't mean the right. every person yeah on the other side of that for Certainly big not not for profit organizations that i work for right yeah uh for on the other side of that for big business they will review all federal business subsidies and eliminate economic development programs where funds benefit shareholders, um, which, uh, like, that's not a bad... Like, that That just means, like, uh, they're, they're not going to subsidize, like, huge businesses that are, like, publicly... Um, that have gone public. Like, mm. well, I don't know. It's not bad. Corporate executives for... Uh, sorry. They will review all federal business subsidies and eliminate economic development programs where funds benefit shareholders, corporate executives, foreign companies, lobbyists, or consultants to find $1.5 billion in annual savings, which is, again, not a lot. Um, make sure regional ministers oversee regional development agencies, whatever the fuck that is, support, quote, strategic industries, unquote, such as aerospace, if the money stays in Canada and creates or protects jobs. So basically what that's saying is... We will do. Uh, we will uh, try to make a wealth transfer from big business, from big federal business, uh, to uh, ostensibly the government and ostensibly poor people. But if they are quote strategic industries unquote such as aerospace and like they can keep jobs in Canada, they will continue to subsidize big business, mm-hmm. which is fucked. Um, anyway, uh, anything. Anything from you guys on that? A lot of this just sounds like coded <laughs> language. Uh, yeah, this no, is it, stuff that they it already literally, support. This like, is, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. If if you are already going to vote conservative, you're coming over this these particular parts of their platform. Yeah, you're right probably now. like, oh, Correct. this is great. I love big business. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, so, no, that's such a good... Assumedly, any of our listeners would be like, I don't, I don't know. 
Yeah. Exactly. Well, no, nobody, none of us can afford to run a big or a small business. Thank <laughs> yeah. you very much. I actually have an aerospace business that's oh a startup. So I'm really glad that you. Oh my god, that. so sorry. Yeah, you should be sorry. <laughs> okay, Tom, talk aerospace about housing. business. Yeah. So it's called Aerogaze. No, it's not. Tom, please can Let's look at housing. So Shut the conservatives want to ease the mortgage stress test for first-time homebuyers and remove the stress test from mortgage renewals and that. allow a mortgage a Mortisi- <laughs> what is this word? Amortization. No. <laughs> yeah. Amortization. Oh, Amortization yeah. periods on insured mortgages of 30 years for first-time home buyers up from 25 years. They also want to launch an inquiry into money laundering in the real estate sector and make surplus federal land available for housing. All right. Development. Two things. Federal land is crown land, oh. and most of crown land is indigenous land. Thank you so much. Okay, awesome. did that research today. Um, uh, this is this is here's why this is bullshit. Um, because imagine being able to afford a mortgage. No. <laughs> Hi. So for mortgage. Uh, so the the stress test for first time home buyers um, is basically supposed to make first time home buying more accessible that's right. like that's the point of that policy but the problem is is nobody can afford to buy uh, put a down payment on a home mm-hmm. so like easing the mortgage like stress test is like literally nothing who's it speaking to it's like upper middle class white yeah, people right. like literally yeah. that's it yeah yeah like you don't i i will i can't ever oh s- you can't afford this huge this trillion dollar amount of money oh well, sorry what about do this you not have a hundred thousand dollars in savings <laughs> sorry i forgot that i did dumb <laughs> <It's my bad. laughs> well with your aerospace Oops. business elliot i'm surprised. Oh, yeah. it's actually <laughs> taking off <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, uh, I'll talk about veterans. So, um, under Veteran Aid, they say that they're going to clear the backlog of veterans' benefit applications in two years. Uh, They're going to create a reliable pension system for veterans, enshrine a guarantee in legislation that every veteran be treated with respect. Um, That's a little bit terrifying sounding. Um, And be provided services in a timely manner. They're going to strengthen transition services, help more veterans get service dogs, support the National Memorial for Canadian War in Afghanistan, and hold an inquiry about Canadian Armed Forces members who were administered mefloquine. I don't know what that drug is. I don't know is. what that is. I'm sure it's something that caused a lot of issues if they're going to fix it. I, I can't speak to this. I I hate militarization. I hate imperialism. But like, but if you but were you a veteran... But you love <laughs> We need to look what, what that is. I don't know. You're okay, a no, queen. No, the point is. Yeah, oh my I god. Okay, guys. The point is that 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 somehow after all these veterans' promises, after like literally, like, I don't know how many like fucking election cycles, at least three, people have been like, "Oh, veterans' mental health is such a big problem." Yeah. They're like, "We're gonna fix it," and they don't. This is still a huge crisis. Mm-hmm. Veterans are like. Like literally Like people are These people are fucking On the street Like we don't have as big Of a per capita problem As the states Because we don't have A big military But but it's still A huge problem And no government Has ever done a good job On this So what you're saying Is this is lip service This is fucking lip service To a really really serious issue Especially since the liberals Just cut hospital funding For veterans Hospital bills Literally today Or yesterday Anyway You can look that up No it's fucking bleak as shit And I don't believe Well 
Y'all are down the well with me now, are you? Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. are. We are. We are. I'm dusted. <laughs> I'm back to dusted. Um, I have a pack of mefloquine with you in that well, Tom. <laughs> we need to figure out what that is. Yeah, before we do. We continue and then maybe cut jokes all of these jokes that we Huge, just made. Hugely relevant, actually. The conservatives have pledged to balance the budget by 2024, and so um, clearing the backlog of veterans' benefit applications and our quote reliable pension systems for veterans. All these things cost federal dollars. So I'm also a bit skeptical as to whether or not this will happen because they're cutting you have to cut services you have to cut government spending to balance the budget yeah. so um okay i've just found out what mefloquine is okay. what is it <laughs> i'm confused it's <laughs> no. sold under the brand names larium among others it's a medication used to prevent or treat malaria <laughs> what what when used for prevention it is typically started before potential exposure and continued for several weeks after potential exposure maybe this is for for yeah, people sure. people yeah. Malaria? Like are out in places where, like, peacekeeping missions. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah. it must have some, like, sort of negative side effects. Side effect. Yeah. God, that's terrible. <clears throat> that is awful. Sudden headache. Militarization your ears, is like fuck. Severe anxiety, depression, paranoia, hallucinations. Someone gives Which me also just sounds clean? like PTSD after you go to war. Correct. Like, uh, True. Okay. Um, okay, so for healthcare, they would spend $1.5 billion in the first term to purchase MRI and CT machines to replace aging equipment and uh, add machines across the country to reduce wait times for potentially life-saving tests. Main- and they would maintain and enrich the current funding formula for the Health Canada transfer and the Canada social transfer to provinces. So um, this that the last thing is basically giving more provincial dur- jurisdiction to healthcare, mm. which is could be dangerous because uh, in like Alberta they have like a lot of privatized healthcare, which um, we do not want. Which means that like you have to pay for healthcare, right? <laughs> Dark, right? Um, and it creates a two tier system. Um, uh, for seniors, they want to increase the age tax credit by a thousand dollars which the party says would save individual seniors up to $150 and couples as much as $300. Oh my God, That's so much good money. math. Wow. That's really good Three. math. I, oh, I just want to go back to the healthcare thing because it's a huge problem in Ontario are like wait times. Mm. Um, they're saying that they're going to like reduce lines by adding machines, which is not a thing. Like we have uh, our healthcare crisis is mental health care. It's like yeah. uh, it's it doesn't have any it, it the machines are like the waiting for machines is like a very small part of it. Yeah, and there's a massive lack of beds and space yeah. um, and healthcare professionals. Yeah, to, yeah, it's, it's this is a huge systemic issue. This is not, not fucking it. gonna fix it. But if you don't know any of those things, like a lot of people voting for like, probably oh. don't. This sounds great, yeah. right? right. Um, okay, L. What about RESPs? Okay, so they are going to expand RESPs. They're going to increase federal contribution to registered education savings plans, which is RESP, from 20% to 30% for every dollar families add to the savings program, up to $2,500 per year. They're going to provide low-income parents payments worth 50% on the first $500 they invest annually. Okay, so sounds really great, right? Like, you can save for your child's post-secondary education. But here's the thing. Imagine being able to save for your child's post-secondary education. Exactly, right. Families in Toronto, in Montreal, in Vancouver in like literally like literally any metropolitan area or or moderately metropolitan area there the cost of living is insane yeah these people 
don't have extra money to put away. So this is literally fucking redundant. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. What is our collective savings between the three of us? I would love to know. I um, have cans saved on my balcony. <laughs> well, I have negative dollars. So me too. I have a lot of emotional baggage. <laughs> Yay! Let's unzip the hat. <laughs> I've saved some of that. <laughs> let's put and then let's put like um poop in. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make like a, a shit joke, like a poop joke, and like try to like, like. <laughs> You're trying to be a mucky pig too. I got it. I got it. a muckle in your baggage, Tom. <laughs> I, I I made it. I made it bad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. Uh, Tom, this is actually this is a good thing for you to yeah. talk about. So small funding nod to children's extracurriculars. <laughs> that's so what. That, that's my title. Yeah, my yeah. words. That, yeah, Tara's <laughs> title. Provide up to $150 back on taxes per child up to age 16 enrolled in sports and fitness classes. <laughs> Provide up to $75 back on taxes per child up to age 16 in arts and learning programs such as dance classes, drawing after school tutoring. This money is nothing. So sad. It is nothing. First of all, let's talk about how kind of fucked up it is that it's $150 for sport and fitness and 75 for arts. But it's weird because like this so this this is like from their website. It they said $150 back. Well, conservatives care about sports because that's manlier. No, but like then I saw another number in a different place on their website for the same thing that was $1000 back for sport for sports and $500 back for um, for arts and, uh, arts programs. Anyway, right. the point is so the percentage is the same. Yeah, the, yeah. It's, it's like not for the twinks. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, anyway, the point is not a lot of money. Uh, like, th- this money will go nowhere. Yeah. This money, one hundred and fifty dollars, would cover imagine, like one imagine class. Imagine doing your taxes and like like looking into like being able to like get a tax credit for your seventy five dollars. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, we are almost done. Uh, two, uh, three more. Uh, L, what about the lowest income? This is actually really, really important. So, yeah, so they're proposing a tax cut on lowest incomes. They're going to cut the tax rate on the lowest federal income bracket, which is up to uh, $47,630 from 15% to 13.75% over four years, which the party says would save a two-income couple earning average salaries about $850 a year. Did you read my note? Yeah, so the note from Tara is, doesn't this seem fucking insulting, LMAO? Imagine $850 making a difference for you annually. Fuck I'm, you. I'm confused why why this would be in the platform. Why not just leave this out altogether? Like, this is because bullshit. Because it's literally insulting. Yeah. Like $850 annually. For a couple. For a couple. Like, you get 425 extra dollars? I'm sorry. Is this what that's, wealthy people think that we need? That's Do what, they? Are I think Andrew, wealthy people are like, oh, that's really can, good for Andrew Shear makes a fucking six-figure salary. I'm just saying. Like, as a member of parliament. Like, he's doing fine. And he's like, oh, but if you make literally a fucking less than a quarter of what I make, I'll give you $425. Like... If you're a good boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay. This is a kind of a weird one. Parent for parents, they'd remove the federal income tax from maternity and parental benefits under employment insurance by providing a tax credit of fifteen percent for any income earned under these programs. So I know that doesn't make any sense, but um, the federal government did a really good thing 
they expanded um, maternity and paternity leave uh, when Justin Trudeau came into power. Um, it's not like the best ever, but like you can basically get like almost a year and a half of like maternity and paternity leave like together, mm-hmm. um, which is really good. Uh, and they said like the conservatives here are saying like they'd be basically tax exempt. Like the money that the government gives you will not be subject to as much income tax, which is crazy because what it already is is like 50 percent of what you were if you're a mom you have a baby the government's like i'll give you 50 percent of your income yeah Yeah. and then then they tax you on it so you really don't get that much and anyway uh this is like we'll give you less tax on it which like great yeah yeah Um, yeah yeah. sure um this uh okay uh there as we said they'll balance the budget by 2024 and the last thing which is kind of like i think the most or one of the most important is that they eliminate the carbon tax um and i'm not saying that this is necessarily bad because um the carbon tax like is something that's passed on to consumers it directly affects people who make like very little money and like doesn't really affect people who make a lot of money um and i don't think carbon tax is a bad thing necessarily um but uh this is like the carbon tax is like his main talking point is like as to why why trudeau is like a trash person and like Mm -hmm. can't govern the country and like and that's why people can't get ahead but if you really think about it it if he's saying like Trudeau imposed the carbon tax and that's why you can't get ahead he assumes that Stephen Harper's Canada like in 2015 or prior to 2015 was fine right and it's the same rhetoric that we saw south of the border right it's like you're not getting ahead well let's blame who's in power for that. and it's and like back to it being insulting like the most you can make is like a low-income family on the conservative the most you can make the most you could make more from this budget that he's proposed as a low-income person is like four thousand more dollars a year which is like a fucking meager wealth yeah, yeah. but like you can't but that's if you know all the tax things and you can't know all of them unless you have an accountant, which you have to you be a rich afford, person. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's like in the weeds. But okay. Um, um, uh, really briefly before we end off, I just want to say um, coming back quickly to the Canadian HIV AIDS legal network. Yes. Um, just specifically speaking to queer issues um, and the and the parties and their platforms. Um, so while the conservatives said that they were going to, in fact, end the needle exchange program for prisons, uh, they have been quiet then in like said said nothing about all of the following issues and just keep in mind that all the following issues every other party has responded with a pretty in-depth policy and, mm-hmm. and platform structure and so they've said nothing just they've said literally that. nothing cool so what they've said nothing to is uh restoring funds to federal hiv strategy harm reduction and smarter evidence-based drug policy that means dealing with the opioid crisis uh limit over criminalization of hiv which is something that is really tricky, and, and I'm not an expert enough to speak about mm-hmm. it, but what I will say is that the criminalization of, of um, people living with HIV uh, has, has led to so many issues in society and is something that we desperately need to deal with. Um, and then finally, protecting health and human rights of sex workers. So they've been entirely silent on all of those issues, which mm-hmm. at this point in the game, silence is akin to not supporting it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's of keep course. that in mind. And from the same institute, uh, there has been an increase of 17.1% of 
HIV diagnoses. And as Elliot pointed out before uh, we started recording, it may just be that like we have an expanded infrastructure and it's being reported on more, which either way is like really good. But the point is, is that this is still a problem. Exactly. Like, exactly. It's not gone. No. Um, and uh, we as a nation have signed on to the UN AIDS target for HIV prevention and treatment, which aim to achieve zero new infections, zero deaths from AIDS and zero discrimination related to HIV in Canada and to achieve the sustainable development goal of ending AIDS by globally by 2030. Mm-hmm. So we ha- as a nation have signed on to that. So um, you're kind of going against that actually, Andrew Shearer, by exactly. mm, fucking out. So fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Again, we're just three people in a room talking about these policies. Yeah. yeah. You need to do your own research on this. It, information is at your We fingertips. encourage you to do your own research of on course. it. Yeah. Of course. Um, I know I'm walking away from this feeling enraged mm-hmm. and yeah. confused Fiery. more than ever. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to learn more and know more. I don't have the time to do that, but I'll fucking try to figure it out. Yeah. And um, what comes down to it is that we're all going to fucking be at the polls on October 21st Hell or beforehand. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So yeah, October 21st or beforehand, you better go out and vote. Check elections.ca for any information that you need to know more about. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me personally at uh, Undecided Podcast on Instagram. We'll answer any of your questions, whether it's about getting out to the polls, about like policy, um, like resources you can if you don't like necessarily you're like okay that person's obviously a socialist which it's fine like I am <laughs> if, if you want resources to help you like um, get like a less biased opinion like I can direct you to those too I, I would be happy to help you please reach out at undecided podcast on Instagram or at undecided underscore podcast on Twitter um, thank you for listening thank you pay so attention much. to the rest of Tara's and- series with undecided pay attention it's so important yeah it's the most important it's ever been yeah especially with with young people being the the largest voting block ever we actually pose to make a real difference in this election 100%. and so it is our do we have to fucking do it yeah. i know that you all know this if you're listening you know it mm-hmm. but i just want to reiterate it anyway before we sign off because this has been um a little bit rage inducing in all of us can we can we end with like with a double rainbow which is dickwick's way of saying what's something lovely that happened to you either today or in the past week something that we can all carry with us positively oh my god um you can take some time to think no i know exactly what it is so i have um i'm taking a course in diaspora and transnational studies uh for like my breadth requirement it's called quantitative and qualitative reasoning and it's with this amazing professor named kevin o'neill and i'm like totally in love with him like like in terms like he's he's the most engaging professor I've ever had like I can't believe he's that good at teaching and also like just like at at engaging with students anyway I went to a lecture recently that he was at and he recognized me from class and he came up and said something to me and it was like it was extremely gratifying I'm so, obsessed yeah, you're I, blushing super, as you say it and super I'm so personal happy. like like not like a I love that that's so yeah nerdy that was just like a I nice thing that. that happened to yeah. me <laughs> Tom do you have nice one for me <laughs> um no 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 the world's a shit storm <laughs> <laughs> um, I went what to the I, I don't even think we talked about this I mean we did a lot of protesting recently we went to the climate strike together and the rally against Tate um the climate strike was so interesting. There were so many young people there who really care mm. about policy 
and this election affects them and they don't have the power to vote. So this is something they do have the power to do, to show up, to make funny signs, to march, to yell and scream and make their voice heard. And I was really inspired by those young people. And more, (laughs) to jump on top of that, we need to lower our fucking voting age. Yeah. Because these these young people were so well-informed, they cared so much, and they have no fucking voice in this election. Mm -hmm. And it just, like, it makes me mad. It makes me so angry. So I was telling my family this at dinner the other night, and they were all in agreement. And then I said, and we need to stop people from voting after 80. And they all went, like, they clammed up. And I was like, (laughs) oh, I'm sorry, you're out of here. Like, policy doesn't affect you anymore. No. Like, your vote doesn't matter as much as it does an 18-year-old. See you later. And they were like, ooh. (laughs) But I stand by that. That's a hot take, and I will get behind that. I love that hot take. I love. Let's kill all the 80-year-olds. Nope, that's not my take. Don't don't misconstrue that. If there's there's a large beep there, someone may have just suggested genocide. (laughs) We're not sure. We'll figure it out. I agree with you. Um, My my double rainbow this week is, um, so as listeners of Dickwick know, um, my longtime partner and I have recently... um, uh, become a thruple uh, and engaged in a polyamorous relationship with somebody else. Um, and last night, um, our, th- our, our boyfriend, like the third in our relationship, uh, came over to my mom's place and we had dinner and we had wine. And I just feel so lucky that I'm able to be open with my parents and that I'm able to uh, experience the world as I'm experiencing it and not hide. Um, and I know that's not something that everyone gets to have the privilege to be um, experiencing and I, I just feel very lucky and it was That's it was so very amazing beautiful. and it was very important um, and I should say it wasn't only my mom it was my stepdad and my mom and they were wow. lovely um, and it was yeah it was amazing so I feel I feel very lucky to get to live my queer little life as much as I oh my can. god I need to check my feelings right now because I want to slap you no you I should I just touched the, like, Elliot's leg <laughs> <laughs> and I said wow <laughs> Why is that frivolous? Slap me. No, uh, just like, uh, no, you should be having joy. And you know what? Maybe that's why I want to slap you because I want to have joy too. Oh my God. But I'm so okay down in the well that I'm like, joy. Oh, <laughs> sharing love with two people and indeed Dustered. four people last night. I'm like, How are you kidding me? The only thing I can share joy with is my depression, kitty. Anyway. Oh my God. Big Mouth. On that note, Shout out. let's all stream Big Mouth. This has been, this has been do? You. Queer. What? I. Queer undecided. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone for tuning in and uh, good night and goodbye. And, and rate, review, and, review and, subscribe and subscribe to Undecided. undecided. Oh, and what's your tell you and tell, Dickwick. tell us? Yeah. Um you can email us at doqueer at gmail.com. Um you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon. Um same goes for Undecided. Mm-hmm. Do all those things. Bye. Bye. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.